You are Locked On Longhorns, your daily podcast on the Texas Longhorns. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, welcome to a Wednesday edition of the Locked On Longhorns podcast. I am your host, Patrick Kahn. Follow me on Twitter at PatSportsGuy. Follow the show, Locked On Horns on Twitter. A lot to get into today. Ryan Mainville, the late daily Torador at Texas Tech, is going to stop by, kind of help us get ready for this matchup between Texas, Texas Tech, 8 p.m. tonight. You can watch that game on ESPN, too. It's going to be a huge matchup. But let's first, I want to talk a little bit about Sarkeesian, who was introduced on Tuesday as the next head coach at the University of Texas. And there's a lot of excitement with what Sarkeesian's going to bring. And and the excitement started early, even before he was scheduled to meet with the media, before he fired off the cannon at DKR, Texas Memorial Stadium. They received a their first commitment under Sarkeesian for the 2022 class. They already had Jalen Gilbro, who had committed to the team uh, under Tom Herman. But since he's been gone, they haven't had any other recruiting news. Well, the first one hit with 2022 wide receiver Armani Brooks. Well, the first one hit with 2022 receiver Armani Winfield, who decided to commit to the University of Texas, number 12 wide receiver in the 2022 class, according to 24-7 Composite. Interesting about this is 92% of his crystal ball predictions said Ohio State. Many thought he was going to go with Quinn Ewers or Caleb Burton. So it was interesting to see that that wasn't in fact the case. He decided to go to Texas. 24-7 Sports has reported that hours before the game last night, or hours before the game on Monday night, I should say, Sarkeesian was speaking with Winfield. By halftime, he had committed to the University of Texas, and he made the announcement on Tuesday. That's very interesting. So I think it had a lot to do with the success of Devontae Smith in the national championship game in the first half. Devontae Smith would end up leaving in the second half after injuring his finger on his right hand. But he was dominant. And I think Winfield saw what he was able to do and he wanted to be a part of that. And I think that's going to be an ongoing thing for Texas. When it comes to recruiting, I think they're going to continue to add these pieces. And that's exciting for Texas, the fan base, the recruiting. That was a huge gap for Texas. And I think it's going to create a snowball effect. Much in the way that we expected Quinn Ewers to kind of have that effect on recruiting for the University of Texas. This is just the first key, first cog in the wheel That is going to be for the 2022 class. And they needed, Texas needed somebody to come in and create that level of excitement. Because the 2022 class, specifically in the state of Texas, is huge. I mean, when you look at 
the players that are in the state of Texas, it's massive. And this is, like he said, this is, like I said, this is the first one. And what's great about this guy is he's 6'2", 180 pounds, and we're talking about Armani Winfield. You know, he's he's one of those taller, long-frame wide receivers, and he's going to fit perfectly on the outside. And he provides that deep ball ability. Uh, also, let's not forget this guy was first team, uh, unanimous first team as a sophomore. I mean, so he, he was going against 6A, which is the highest level talent that you're going to play in the state of Texas. Six A's as high as it gets. And I think that he's going to be a major player for Texas offensively. It's going to be interesting to see who's that 2022 quarterback. You know, Gunnar Stockton is a was the number one dual threat quarterback. He recently decommitted. You know, he's back available again. So we're talking about the number one dual threat quarterback, like we said, the number three player in the state of Georgia. You know, decommits from South Carolina. Many feel that he's probably going to go to Auburn play for Mike Bobo. But, you know, he's a guy who, who could be out there and, and a guy that Sarkeesian has targeted before. So it'll be really interesting to see what happens there at the quarterback position, but definitely one to keep an eye on moving forward because who's going to be that next top recruit in 2022? Who's going to be the quarterback? Who's going to be the first quarterback recruited to the University of Texas by Steve Sarkeesian? And we're going to get into that quarterback situation a little bit later on in the episode. uh, Because I'm going to take some questions from Twitter as far as what people want to know about this new hire. What people want to know about how's the staff going to look, players they may target. We're going to get into a lot more of that. Uh, All that, like I said, coming up later in the show. Steve Sarkeesian did speak with the media, and the great thing, I think, with what he had to say was he was authentic, I think. You know, he he was very upfront about, look, you know, we know my history, and, you know, those are things you had to overcome, and he goes, those are things that, you know, adversity, you know, the these players who come to play for you, 18 to 22-year-old kids, you know, they need guidance, but they need somebody real that can relate with him. And a lot of what he said was building those relationships. And he said, you know, it is my job to put these players in a position to succeed. But he didn't just say only on the football field. Plenty of times where he was speaking, he would say, you know, in the classroom, you know, in life, on the football field. You know, he was talking about winning the day, whether that is in, you know, whether it's a lifting session you know, whether it is in the classroom, um, you know, community services, you know, he talked a lot about that. And it just speaks to the level which he's looking at these, you know, it's more than just football for him. You know, it's it's more about, you know, taking part of these kids' life. And I think it's the right message. I think it's a great message. All right, but coming up next, we're going to talk with Ryan Mainville about this matchup tonight, Texas versus Texas Tech at the Frank Irwin Center. All right, but let me tell you about Built Bar. Built Bar's changing the game in the energy bar, and that's it's fantastic. They have 18 amazing flavors, which include nut and non-nut flavors. The six new ones that they've come out with, one of my favorite, Apple Almond Crisp. We can get one of the original. Anything with peanut butter? Yeah, that's my thing. I'm definitely going to go with that. 
Bars are 100% covered in chocolate, soft and easy to chew. Bill Bar is great for the health-conscious guy. Lose or maintain weight by indulging in a delicious treat. Low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber. And check this, they're great for the keto diet. Let's talk about that coconut almond. 18 grams of protein, 180 calories, 5 grams of sugar, 5 grams of net carbs. You definitely have to check out their lineup, whether it's one of the 12 original, one of the Snicks' new ones, or maybe you want a combination box where you can try all of them. Go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKEDON, that's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, to get 20% off your next order. Remember, use that promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. Well, 2020 is mercifully over, but it's time to get a fresh start and a few more wins. If you're betting this year and you want more wins, listen to the Locked On Bets podcast with your boy Q and Lee Sterling of Paramount Sports. They are picking college basketball, NBA locks all winter long. Subscribe to Locked On Bets podcast wherever you get your podcast. All right, welcome into the Locked On Longhorns podcast. We're going to continue our episode as we speak with Ryan Mainville of the Daily Torridor, Texas Tech. Also covers the Mavs or Mavs Moneyball with SB Nation. Ryan, thanks for for joining the show. We get ready for Texas Texas Tech hoops tonight, 8 o'clock on ESPN2. What's your synopsis of Texas Tech basketball this year? Yeah, well, first, just thanks for having me on, Patrick. Excited to talk with you a little bit. I mean, this year, it's a lot like a tech, typical Tech team. Uh, they play a lot. They're shooting a lot of free throws. They're getting to the line and drawing fouls. They're shooting the third most free throws per game in the country. And they're not turning the ball over a lot. They're only turning it over about 10 times per game. Unfortunately for them this season, they're they're having difficulty shooting the ball well from deep. They're only shooting about 18.43s per game, and they're struggling to shoot it well, about 33%. And, I mean, the last time they played a team like Texas was probably the third game of the season against Houston, and they pretty much were down 20 for the most part, and that game ended up losing by 11. But, I mean, a, a three-headed monster at guard, it's a lot like this Texas team. Yeah, and Texas has done a really good job this year in defending the three. I think they've allowed the 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 lowest uh, completion, uh, three-point shooting percentage of any team in the Big 12. Uh, they get out on the guards pretty good, uh, outside shooting. Obviously, Greg Brown is another guy who can – he he's been inconsistent, but he shows you that threat of being an outside guy. Obviously, they – how does Texas Tech deal with the size of Texas? I mean, between – Kai Jones and Jericho Sims and obviously Greg Brown. You have three guys that are 6'9 or taller. Uh, is Tech going to be able to contend with them if they have all three on the floor at the same time? Yeah, so on the wing, I think they match up well. I mean, you have really lengthy guys like Terrence Shannon Jr. and Micah Peavy who can defend the perimeter pretty well. But like you said, that that inside matchup is going to be an interesting one to watch. I think Marcus Santos Silva, I think he matches up pretty well with Jericho Sims. Unfortunately, he's had some trouble with foul trouble this season. He's got to make sure that he keeps himself in the game. But, I mean, in terms of Kai Jones, he's looked incredible this season. And I think he may end up being either the best player on this Texas team or the second best player on this Texas team at the end of the year. He just has so many tools, so much talent. And I think a guy like Tyreek Smith can really match up well against him. Tyreek Smith hasn't played huge minutes for Tech this season, but he's a really athletic big who can guard the perimeter. And I'm really excited to see how he plays Jones. 
And obviously, yeah, Jones is, he's kind of a big energy guy. He does it at both ends of the floor, as you've seen. Uh, block shots, getting out. Uh, you saw it against West Virginia. Blocks a shot and immediately transition offense. Uh, you know, and, and that's part of the reason why they were able to climb back in that game. But as far as Texas Tech is concerned, obviously this week, this last week, Namari Burnett announced that he would be leaving the program and transferring out. How does Tech deal with the loss of Burnett off the bench? I mean, I know he wasn't shooting the greatest, but he was providing about, you know, 18 minutes a night. How do they then change the rotation with Tech? Yeah, well, the thing with Burnett is that he was, at points of the season, probably one of your best defenders. He was leading the Big 12 in steals for a while early on in the season. But, I mean, like you said, his offensive consistency just never really came around. He was really struggling to shoot the ball, really struggling to take care of it. So, I mean, it's a next-man-up mentality at Tech. It always has been. And I'm interested to see, you know, how more of those minutes go to Jamarius Burton, who's just continuing to find a role on this team. I mean, Kyler Edwards and Mac McClung, they're always going to be two big minute guys at the guard position. So I think that, you know, Tech will be able to fill the holes pretty well. I don't think it's a sound the alarm situation, but obviously anytime you have a guy who's as lengthy as he is, I think he had like a six, eight wingspan or something ridiculous. It, it's a big loss to your defense, but I, it's it's next man up for Tech. Right. Uh, as far as, is there a player on Texas roster that when you look at it from a Texas Tech perspective, to beat Texas, you have to stop this guy. Is there a certain guy, or is it a combination of guys that really have to slow down uh, when you look at it from an outside perspective? For Tech or for Texas? Uh, who does Tech need to slow down uh, to win this game uh, tonight? Yeah, so, I mean, Texas is built like a lot of good teams in the Big 12 and that really any night there's about five guys who could show up and be your best player. And so that's tough. I mean, obviously, it starts with the three-headed monster they have at guard. Matt Coleman is one of my favorite players in the Big 12. I think he plays so hard. His shot is just going to be there some nights and some nights it's not. But, I mean, he's incredible. Andrew Jones playing with a lot of heart this season. Obviously, a good story, an easy guy to root for. But, yeah, they got a lot of weapons. As you said, Greg Brown has been inconsistent. He's a guy that I can see giving some teams a lot of trouble, but – I just don't know. I think Tech matches up pretty well with him on the wing. But, I mean, I think the where they can do the most damage just depends on who's matched up with Kai Jones and if Tech can stay out of foul trouble. And so the flip side of that question is, who does Texas have to slow down in order to win this game tonight? Yeah, so, I mean, just like Texas, there's a lot of Red Raiders who can show up and lead the team in scoring every night. Mac McClung has been on a really good stretch lately. Shot 8 of 10 last game, which was a huge improvement from where he's been this season. Kyler Edwards is showing flashes of playing off-ball well. But I think it's going to come down to how Texas deals with Terrence Shannon Jr. I'd be interested to see Greg Brown match up against him. I think that Brown is just so lengthy that it might give Shannon some problems. But at points in the season, Shannon has looked like a Big 12 Player of the Year candidate. His shot looks improved. His playmaking looks better. His defense is even better, which feels strange to say because it was so reliable last season. But, I mean, Terrence Shannon, he's a guy who loves these games. He loves the big moments. He, he's a big energy guy, too, and I could definitely see him having a breakout game. Yeah, it's it's going to be – I think it's going to be a tough matchup. And, you know, unfortunately, last time that they were set to play, game was canceled, uh, tournament was canceled, season was canceled. You know, so it was unfortunate. But I'm looking forward to this game tonight 
at the Frank Irwin Center in Austin, 8 o'clock. Watch that game on ESPN2. Ryan, tell the followers where they can follow you if they want some more information on Texas Tech. Yeah, so a great place to follow me is on Twitter. Uh, my handle is at DT. so just the letters D and T. And then I also host a podcast called No Middle Madness. You can find that on Spotify and Apple Podcasts for everything you need to know about what's going on in the program. All right, I appreciate it, Ryan. Thanks for hopping on the Locked On Longhorns podcast. Right, are we ready for some football? Uh, we're talking NFL playoffs. Big matchups coming up this week. Divisional round, four games to talk about. There's only one place that has you covered and only one place we trust, betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account with betonline.ag and use that promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, for your 50% welcome bonus. If you want to figure out which teams to take this weekend in the divisional round of the playoffs, don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Don't forget, use that promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, to receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbooks experts. All right, before we get into the Twitter questions on the Locked On Longhorns podcast, I want to remind you that NFL analyst Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson host Locked On Peacock and Williamson every Monday through Friday. Brian and Matt give you the national perspective all around the NFL, covering all the latest news. Insight on every game, team, and move around the NFL. Get your picks, previews, and much more every weekday with the Peacock and Williamson podcast. Part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Right now we're going to get into the question portion of the Lockdown Long Orange podcast where I ask questions on Twitter. Do you have any questions about the Texas program? And of course, John Williams, Lockdown Sooners, decides to chime in and ask the question. You know the question. Is Texas back? Well, Texas is back to stealing headlines. Texas is back to being the focal point uh, each and every day, as it seems, especially ever since the announcement came that Steve Sarkeesian would be the head coach at the University of Texas. Seems like everybody's talking about it. It was a big win over Kansas basketball. Texas A&M, the hated Texas A&M. Won their bowl game, but nobody was talking about them. They were talking about Texas. So yes, John, to answer your question, Texas is back. Back to stealing headlines and back to being the focal point in the Lone Star State. Uh, got a question here from Gabriel De La Garza on Twitter. says, is Wiggins coming? And I know the question is, is regarding the wide receiver coach from Alabama Wiggins. And it doesn't appear so. Uh, Andre Coleman has confirmed that he will be back at the University of Texas and already making waves as they secured a commitment from Armani Winfield out of Louisville, Texas. So he's. Uh, it appears that Wiggins will not be coming. Uh, and the other question was, who will be our defensive coordinator? Now the news is that Steve Sarkeesian is supposed to meet with Chris Ash. And so they'll discuss the future and who will be the defensive coordinator. We've heard some names like Zach Arnett out of Mississippi State. He's meeting with multiple programs, including LSU. It doesn't appear that he's going to take that job, but he's still in the mix. Chris Ash is still in the mix. I think that's where it sets right now. Another name that we had heard was Dan Quinn, as, as we've talked about in recent episodes. But Dan Quinn is 
was announced as the new defensive coordinator of the Dallas Cowboys. And so definitely not him, but uh, I think it, it's still up in the air at this point, Gabriel. So uh, we'll keep an eye on that. But my best guess is it's either going to be Chris Ash or it's going to be Zach Arnett. And, and that's kind of what we're waiting on. Uh, Bear Man of Texas on Twitter, Alex, asks, how confident are you, confident are you in the new coach? And, I, you know, I think that's a loaded question because I think there's multiple ways to look at that. But I would say I'm pretty confident in that I think that this is a positive change in the right direction. There's there's a sense of excitement. Recruiting seems to be picking up momentum. And, you know, that's huge as Sarkeesian tries to close out the 2021 cycle. He's still got some spots to fill before National Signing Day in February. So I think it's pretty good. Um, it's going to be interesting to see who they look at as far as are we looking at recruits? Are we looking at high school or are we looking in the transfer portal? It's going to be really interesting to kind of see how he closes out his class and, and puts together, kind of puts his stamp uh, on this class heading into the season. But as far as the actual football on the field, I think you feel pretty confident. I mean, it all depends on, on how the staff looks because that's that's such a big part of it. But offensively, I think they're really good. I think they're only going to get better. I mean, you're talking about a team that averaged 42.7 points per game last year or this past season. And you bring in the offense coordinator from the number one offense in the country. And so, I mean, I think there's a level of excitement. But, you know, I think that the offense is going to look really good. It's just all going to depend on defense. Can they build upon what they did towards the back half of last season? And that's kind of why I think Chris Ash should return because, you know, he he had built something for this defense and they were playing a lot better and they were able to slow down the run. They were creating turnovers. They were creating opportunities for the offense. And so, yeah, I, I that's where I sit with, with Ash and, and my confidence level with this coach. I mean, it's, it's easy to be confident in January, February, March. How does that confidence look when you get through spring football? How does that confidence look when you get into fall camp? How does that confidence look once the season gets ready to kick off? I mean, we can have confidence right now, but we've got to see the product on the field before you really feel super confident about a coach. But as as far as the buzz around social media, the buzz around this fan base, there's a lot of excitement. There's a lot of hope, and we just got to see it. Uh, Elo goes yard on Twitter. Elo asks, any chance of flipping Quinn back? Yeah, I think flipping him back, uh, it's as good as chance as any with Steve Sarkeesian. You know, when you look at the quarterbacks that he's worked with throughout his time as a coach, as a quarterback coach, as an offense coordinator, you know, as a, um, as a head coach, offense coordinator, quarterbacks coach, I mean, all of those things, when you look at everybody that he's worked with, I mean, at, at Alabama, he worked with Mac Jones, who's probably going to be a fringe first-round pick. Tua Tagovailoa, first-round pick. Jalen Hurts, second-round pick. Uh, started games in the NFL this year, along with Tua Tagovailoa. You look at previous stops. I mean, you could look at Jake Locker, uh, Mark Sanchez at USC, uh, you know, the, he had various quarterbacks that he's worked with, I mean, including Matt Leinart. And so I, th- I think 
good as chance as any. I mean, you when you look at Ohio State quarterbacks haven't always done the best in the NFL, but I still think, you know, that's it's really up to the individual. Shouldn't paint a picture, but I think either choice that he makes is going to be good for him as far as going to the NFL, whether it's Ohio State, I think they'll get him to the NFL. And I, and I think Steve Sarkeesian could get him to the NFL here uh, at the University of Texas in Austin. So, yeah, I, I think you have to feel pretty confident about it either way you go. I, I, I think it's it's pretty good. Um, you know, but that's going to do it for this segment of the Ask Questions. And we're going to do this again, so feel free. At any time, send your questions, Locked on Horns on Twitter, or Pat Sports Guy, either way. We'll get your questions right here on the podcast. That's going to do it for this episode. Thanks once again to Ryan Mainville for hopping on to break down the basketball game. Uh, And we will be back tomorrow to recap that game and to get into more about this football team as there's a lot of momentum building with Steve Sarkeesian now in play. That's going to do it for me. I'm Patrick. See you tomorrow. Hook them.